You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. I want to start today's message with a sort of a word association of sorts. Um, You're going to see five different words on the screen, and one at a time. And rather than verbalize the first word that comes to mind like a normal word association thing, I want you just to make note of the thoughts that these words bring to mind but also the feelings that are stirred up in your emotions as well. Okay, everybody ready? Okay, clean slate. Okay, just sort of clean, blank slate. All right. Chocolate. Yeah. All right. A good feeling, huh? I think for the most part, maybe no... Is there a chocolate allergy? Is there such a thing as that? I mean, we do live in a broken world, right? So what about this one? Politics. Probably a little bit of a different emotion, a few different thoughts. Bacon. Yeah. All right. Make note of the the feeling, the thoughts that come to mind. Next one. Sex. Now, what's really concerning are those of you who are married who are thinking, can we go back to bacon? So... That's, that's a problem. We'll talk later about that. And finally, evangelism. How does that make you feel? What, what are the thoughts that come to mind? How do, you, how do you feel about the word evangelism? What does it stir up inside of you? What are, what are the reactions? Is it, does it make you feel awkward? Does it make you feel intimidated? This idea of the E word Many of us get really overwhelmed with the thought of of evangelism. We feel ill-prepared. We feel like our efforts to do this thing that's very clearly laid out uh, by Jesus for his disciples then and for us today, uh, it's very easy for us to feel like, you know, I've tried. Jesus, you know I've tried, and it just hasn't produced a whole lot of fruit. Uh, Maybe this is just not my thing. And, you know, some of us maybe avoid evangelism because of a, a fear of failure. Uh, that's something that I think can be very, very prevalent. Uh, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, um, I'm a three on the Enneagram, uh, a performer. Uh, one of my top five strengths of strengths finder, if you're into that, uh, is, is achiever. So when I was in middle school um, and high school, I did really, really well academically. I did well in music, had a lot of success in those areas. But when it came to sports, I, I never really put myself out there because my thought was, okay, I'm okay in sports, but I don't know that I would achieve the same level of success that I've had in academics or in music. And so rather than put myself out there and risk that failure, not being as good, I just chose not to play at all. And I really regret that. That's one of the, the, the regrets of my life. And, and I got to say, I think that many of us avoid evangelism for the same reason a fear of failure, a fear of just not getting it right. But I want us over this week and the next couple of weeks to really reimagine the idea of the E word, the dreaded E word, uh, and recognize that this is, uh, I want us to rethink this in in the context of a series we're calling uh, calling Life Shared. Uh, It is an opportunity for us to do just that, to reimagine evangelism and make Jesus' very last commandment our first priority, that last commandment of of, of going and and making disciples. You find that in Matthew 28. It's something I'm sure that if you've been part of a church for any period of time, 
you're, you're familiar with, and I, and I want to read that. It's on the screen. You can join along with us. Matthew 28, Jesus has been uh, crucified. He is resurrected. He's getting ready to make his exit from this earth. He draws his disciples together, and then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is saying that, hey guys, I I came to earth And I came with a mission the Father gave me to fulfill. And I have fulfilled that mission. And now I'm getting ready to leave the earth. So I'm going to give that same assignment to you. I'm going to give it to you and to all the other disciples that will follow. And this is the heart of our mission statement here at Vineyard Church, to love Jesus and do his ministry everywhere. And this is not a venture that God calls us, that God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit calls us to take and make on our own. This is something he is going to equip us for, partner with us, lead us, guide us, go with us, empower us. Uh, Jesus calls us to do it, but he sends us out uh, to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is his promise in Acts chapter 1, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so Jesus' great commission to go and make disciples is still in effect for followers of Jesus everywhere, uh, in every phase of church history, today and in our future. Also in effect is the great command. And I love the words that were shared this morning. The words that were shared this morning are so in alignment with uh, the message today, the reminder that we are to do this thing of, of evangelism and all the ministry that Jesus has imparted and entrusted to us, that we are to do this in love, and we are to go forth and, and let people know that God is for them. He's not against them, and he welcomes us all to come to him just as we are. And it's not to be considered a burden. It is, uh, as Jesus said, a yoke. And a, and, a, and a burden that is easy and light and in any other kind of heaviness is not from, from him at all. Uh, I, I want to encourage you and remind you that in the midst of the world that we live in, with its natural disasters, with its political tensions, with its racial issues, with the global pandemic, with all of, a, all of the unrest that's going on, God's commands are not negated. He doesn't say, okay, I want you to go and make disciples, but when things get a little crazy, then you've got to pass. No, that is the time for us as the church to step in and to fully engage in the ministry of Christ in in sharing the good news in all kinds of ways uh, and reminding people that God loves you, he's for you, he is not against you, that he is Emmanuel, that he is God with us in the midst of this crazy This is not the time to get distracted, church. This is not the time to get distracted, okay? Did you hear me on that? 
There's a lot of stuff going on in our world, and, and God's not calling us to put our heads in the sand and to, to ignore it. That's not what he's calling us to at all. But what he's calling us to do is to remain faithful to his great command, his great commission, especially in this time. And I believe and I know that if we do that, if we are preaching and sharing our God stories, the faithfulness of God that we sang about, the love and the mercy and the grace and the life that he gives us, if we are sharing those stories, if we're demonstrating those kindnesses to people who are hurting and are lonely and are overwhelmed by fear, as we do that, we will see people come to Christ. We will see good fruit. We will see very, very good fruit because there is only one answer to the world's dilemma today, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so we want to be people who are speaking the name of Christ and sharing about his deeds and how he has changed our life and he's giving us a future and hope in the midst of craziness. So don't be distracted. Don't be distracted by all the noise. And it's, it's, I want to encourage you regarding the pandemic. There's the issue of whether or not to be vaccinated. If you have vaccinated, if you have not been vaccinated already, I want to encourage you to, to prayerfully consider uh, a decision to do that and, and talk to your physician about it. Take good data, consider good data, but ultimately that is a decision that you have to make and use the best information and get good counsel and wisdom, but that's your decision. And don't get distracted. We as followers of Jesus Christ, we have a job to do. We have a responsibility to to adhere to in in sharing God's love in all kinds of ways. Uh, And this series, we're going to talk about reimagining evangelism. We'll be sharing a a variety of different ideas to maybe consider thinking about evangelism in different ways. And I want to kick off with just this one to you this morning. What if we considered evangelism, uh, the, the idea that we've been entrusted with the privilege of delivering the very best gift that anyone could ever receive? What if we thought about evangelism that way? Would it take down some of our fears? Would it take down some of our apprehensions? Would it take down some of our reluctance? Like, oh, I don't feel like I want to force my view on someone else. No. What if we consider the fact that I get the opportunity to, I've been entrusted with the responsibility of, of, of sharing and imparting the very best gift with someone that they could ever receive. The very, because it is, it is the very best gift that anyone could ever receive. And who wouldn't want to do that? So I want us to rethink, I want us to reimagine evangelism. Uh, we don't have to wonder whether it's God's heart for people to come to Christ. We know throughout God's word, he makes it very clear uh, that it is is his heart, that none would perish, that none would would die uh, not knowing his love and his life, but that all would come into relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And so today I want to invite you and I want to encourage you to think and rethink and reimagine evangelism with the idea of joining God's heart. Because this is his heart This is his heart for us. This is his heart for a broken and lost world. And and so I want to encourage you, stop thinking about evangelism as an intimidating exercise that we all feel insecure about. We feel like failures. But this is an invitation to join God's heart of love and goodness 
and to share it with the world around us. So would you pray with me on that this morning? Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence with us. We have welcomed you with our worship. And Lord, we, we ask that you would do your deep, rich work in each one of us. Come and fill us with your love. Come and just remove the lies of the enemy. Come and replace the fear of failure with the sense that you love us and the fact that you love us and you're for us, you're not against us, and that you are with us. Lord, we, we pray for our friends this morning in Haiti. We pray for our brothers and sisters who, who serve your kingdom purposes there. We pray for the whole nation of Haiti. Lord, let your kingdom come to Haiti. God, we pray for those who uh, have not yet been found. We pray that the death toll would be minimal regarding this earthquake. God, bring your kingdom. We pray protection over our friends who minister there, our partnership brothers and sisters, and all who are doing the work of your kingdom, Lord. Uh, let revival come to Haiti, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you for your love. We pray these things in Jesus' name. So we're joining God's heart, and if you look at all the Gospels, Jesus, God the Son, as you read Matthew, and you read Mark, and you read Luke, and you read John, be reminded that every time you see Jesus in action, or him speaking to someone, him doing a miracle, he is doing the things that he is doing to reveal to us who God the Father is. So every time you read in the Gospels and see Jesus in action or him talking to someone, ask yourself this question, what can I glean about God the Father from what I see Jesus doing in this interaction? And, and throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus constantly taking steps to engage all kinds of people. Religious people, irreligious people, rich people, poor people, insiders, outsiders, outsiders, people of power and influence, people who are considered nobodies. He's reaching out and he's interacting with all of them. And, and interestingly, the, although Jesus didn't really have a home that he called his own during his ministry, he was quite the expert when it came to hospitality. It's like, well, how could it be someone who's gifted in hospitality if he didn't even have a home? Because he, he had a true sense of what hospitality is really all about. You look at him engaging all kinds of people at parties and at meals, and, and particularly in the, the Gospel of Luke, it is like one party, one meal, one thing after another, one, one social interaction after another. And if you take away all those things, you really don't have much of a gospel left. Um, what if we thought of evangelism as setting a table? Setting a table. Because that's what Jesus did over and over and over again. And speaking of setting a table, there's a book that I've actually referred to many times before. I love this book. I read it probably 15 years ago. It's called Setting the Table, The Business of Hospitality. And it was written by this guy named Danny Meyer, a very, uh, just very much celebrated restaurateur in New York City. And, and he wrote a book on the business of hospitality. And it was just really interesting. I read an excerpt from Fast Company magazine before the book came out. And it's like some of the things he said, and it just gripped my heart as a pastor. Because he said in his book, he said, you know, we've got these fine dining establishments all the way down to burger shacks. And uh, everything uh, in every one of those experiences, we, re we want our 
customers, our guests, to experience rich, deep hospitality. And they are known for that in all of his restaurant groups. And he said, the key to great hospitality is not never making a mistake. He said, we get orders wrong. There is wine that is spilled. There are, you know, mishaps that happen. But when our guests leave our restaurants, our establishments, we want them to feel like those people were for me. And I read that, and I like good food. I like great restaurants. I enjoy that. But I thought, wow, if that's a goal for a restaurant, how much more so should this be a goal for the church? That when people experience uh, followers of Jesus Christ, that they would sense that those people are for me. So I want you to also, what if we thought of evangelism or reimagined evangelism as telling people that we are for them, but also that God is for them? And you say, well, Reese, it really is not that big of a deal for people to know that we're for them. Maybe we just need to preach that God is for them. Well, I got to tell you, the church has a history of that. The church has a history of preaching, Jesus loves you, but stay away from me. I don't like your lifestyle. And where has that gotten us? How far has that gotten us? No, it is important that we be able to express with authenticity, with true hearts, that we love you. We are for you. We are not against you. And yes, ultimately, the thing that matters most is that God loves you and God is for you. But it's going to be a major barrier for them to believe that and to experience that if they are sensing from us that "Eh, that person's not liking me a whole lot because of all kinds of reasons. Letting people know that we're for them Yes, that God's for them, but also, you know what? I'm for you too. I want God's best for you, and I'm willing to take those steps to share the goodness of God in my life and how he's touched me, how he's met me in the middle of my mess and brought healing and brought recovery. I'm not a finished product, but God is doing good work in me, and I'm thankful for that. This is God's will for us, that we would be engaged in this work. And and I want us to look this morning in 2 Corinthians 5. I want to camp out here for the rest of our time together this morning. And in this, Paul gives a beautiful picture of of what joining God's heart in evangelism really looks like. It, It is a ministry of reconciliation. And what is reconciliation? In its simplest form, you know, there's a lot of talk about all kinds of different sorts of reconciliation in our world. But at the the bottom line, across all of the different expressions of reconciliation is this, that it's making right a relationship that has gone wrong. And God has called us to the ministry of reconciliation because that is the ministry that he gave Jesus. Jesus embodied that relationship, that reconciliation and the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling sinful humanity with holy God. Uh, First, in our sinful state, we are reconciled to God, and then he calls us and empowers us to go and help others to be reconciled. And Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, 
and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so right from the get-go, the big takeaway from this passage is that evangelism, again, rethinking, reimagining evangelism, it is sharing God's work of reconciliation. It's a work of reconciliation, taking relationships that are wrong, that have gone wrong, and allowing him to turn them right. And this is God's work that is a true and direct reflection of God's, uh, of God's heart, that we would all know his love personally, know his life and his healing in our everyday life. In our sinful state, for every single one of us, I don't care what your background is, I don't care what your personal present state is, we were all enemies of God. We could have been good people, but we were enemies of God. And Jesus came to earth to make a way for our broken relationship with God to be made right. He who had no sin became sin for us. He paid our debt of sin. And the only way that we could be reconciled to God is through Jesus Christ. And, and this is God's idea, God's plan, the work that he did in Jesus. And this is God's heart. This is the heart of God that he invites us to join with him in. So what if we move our attention and our focus away from my failure when I shared about, you know, God's love with someone the other day and they gave me the finger, or when I shared God's love in a practical way uh, the other day and they told me to, it was none of their business what I was going, where they were going through. I mean, all kinds of things. What, what if we shifted our focus from our work to God's work, what he has done, and also what he's currently doing, what he's still doing all around us, in the world around us. What if we set our focus there, and as we go through our day-to-day -day lives, our prayer becomes, God, rather than letting my idea of evangelism be limited by my failures or my notions of evangelism, help me to see what you're doing. You do all things well, and help me to engage in the work that you are doing. And, 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 and it completely changes everything for us if we will do that. First of all, if, if you haven't already, I wanna just say this morning, if you haven't experienced God's work of reconciliation for your own life, you need to do that for yourself. Are you right with God? Are you right with God today? Maybe you don't know where you are, with, with God, where you don't know what your relationship's like. You try, you feel like you fail, you have moral highs and moral lows and everything in between. You can know today where you are in your relationship with God. Have you experienced God's work of reconciliation for yourself? We're talking about sharing the life of God. If you don't have the life yourself, then you don't have anything to share. So first and foremost, do you have uh, relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If you don't, you can make that decision today to give your heart to Christ, to invite Jesus to forgive you of your sins, 
and to be the leader of your life, to put your faith and your trust in God, to confess to him the ways that you've sinned, the ways that you've sinned against him and hurt yourself and hurt others, and, and turn direction for your life. You can do that today. Be reconciled to God. Uh, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And, and then as we do that, Paul says we're new creations. Uh, we, we are new creations. We're able to see the work that God is doing, uh, the things that are different about us because Jesus has come into our lives and he is ruling and reigning in our lives now. We begin to celebrate that. Uh, we begin to notice that, you know what? My anger isn't nearly as severe as it used to be. God, thank you for your good work in my life. And, 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 and we deal with those kinds of things and we, it, becomes, it informs our worship And it's important for us to see those things in our own lives so that we can give thanks to God. God, thank you for your peace that I'm experiencing in the midst of of craziness in my life. Before you, Jesus, I would just fall apart. I'd go crazy. I'd I'd fall into my addictive habits, and, and, and I would seek peace in all other kinds of things. But God, I thank you that I can know peace even in the midst of storms because of you. And that informs our worship and our gratitude to God but it also informs our witness. We begin to share that with people around us. People notice like, hey, Reese, you know, uh, I I, I noticed that, you know, you you really aren't as angry as you seem to used to be or or fearful or or just, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, And it's like, how did that happen? It's like, well, God's at work in me. Um, Things aren't perfect. In fact, I'm going through some pretty difficult stuff right now. But God's with me, and his presence brings me lots of peace. And I'm asking him for direction about making some important decisions, and he's leading me, and he's guiding me, and I'm thankful for that. And it's about sharing those kinds of things and and just going in that direction. And and so we, we need to know the reconciliation of Christ for ourselves, but then we need to not stop there. We need to share it with others. Share the good news of reconciliation with others. And Paul says this in verse 18, all this is from God. This is God's work. He reconciled to us himself through Christ, and then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The the ministry of reconciliation that Jesus came to earth to do on our behalf, he has now given it to us. The message, uh, the ministry of reconciliation is ours, and he has committed to us the ministry and the message of, of reconciliation. We are called to be speaking these things. We are called to be partaking. This is God's idea to do it this way. This is God's idea. It's a, and, and it's important for us to remember that evangelism is a very important part of our discipleship, of growing as followers of Jesus. Because to be actively involved in evangelism requires me to trust God. It requires me to 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 become more and more selfless so that I'm not just overwhelmed with, well, I wonder how I'm going to look, what they'll think of me if I share this. It's like, it's about growing in more and more in love with Jesus and becoming more and more selfless and just obedient. God, I, I want to I be obedient. What does obedience look like in my life today in this moment regarding sharing God's love and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ 
It requires submission and obedience and trust and selflessness. And here at Vineyard Church, we endeavor to provide all kinds of tools, all kinds of resources, the small groups that Roger talked about this morning. These are all designed to help us all grow as followers of Jesus and grow in our discipleship. But please know this, if we fail to engage in evangelism, then we have missed the forest for the trees. We are called to, to yes, cultivate uh, our inward life, our inner life, but also we can't stop there. We, we do that, and we simultaneously are to be people that go in Jesus' name. It is a both-and proposition. And so it's a very important, vital part of our discipleship and our growth in Christ. And, and again, the word that was given this morning, that this is not to be a heavy burden. Jesus says, my yoke and my burden are easy and light. Make sure you got his and not someone else's. Whether it's expectation of somebody else or a propensity to need to please people or always look good, take up Jesus' yoke, his burden. We're simply joining God's heart, doing the ministry of Jesus, not in our own strength, not in our own power, not in our own wisdom, but in the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And lastly this morning, ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to be Christ's ambassador. That's the word that Paul uses here. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. And he is. That's the Holy Spirit empowering us to be the witnesses that Jesus talked about in Acts 1.8. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do, to fill us with the power to be witnesses. And this, again, is what Jesus was talking about in, in, in Acts, right before he left to go to be back with the Father. I, I, I remember when my uh, girls were really, really young. Our girls were really young. And our, our family loves music. Uh, they are all gifted musicians in their own right. But before they knew how to play piano and guitar and other things, uh, I'd like to, to take them on the piano, and I'd let them sit in my lap, and I would take their index fingers, and they were like three and four, and I, I play piano, and so I would take their fingers, and we would play all kinds of fun songs, and I was like, listen to you play the piano, like, Mary had a little lamb, and you know, I'd take it, and I would guide them, and they would play, and it's like, that was so good, Lily, that was so good, and MacArthur, that was so good, Charlotte, you know, uh, you are my sunshine, my only, and, and then let's play another one, won't you take me to funky town, you know, all kinds of songs. And you wonder why our girls are like they are. But anyway, I think of us partnering with the Holy Spirit in that same way. It is God taking us by the hand. It is him doing the work through us. Just as like Paul puts it here, that, that this, is, uh, this is the Holy Spirit as though God were making his appeal through us because that's what's happening. How many times do we find ourselves in situations with people where we just automatically we know something that we didn't know before, or we have some thought come to mind, or we hear ourselves saying something, it's like, where did that come from? It's the Holy Spirit showing up, uh, empowering us to be the ambassadors that he's calling us to be. And this is the, the idea of sharing the life of Christ. So, I want to ask you this morning as we draw to an end, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you, as part of the empowering of the Holy Spirit, to give you eyes to see how the Holy Spirit is at work around you. 
wherever your life takes you, whether it's Fort Gordon, whether it's your neighborhood, whether it is a hospital or construction site, an elementary school, wherever your life takes you, ask the Holy Spirit to show you the work that God's already doing there because he is at work. And I believe this, he will show you as we quiet ourselves, as we, as we look, as we listen, as we, as we do that. And, and as he shows you those things, the people, maybe there's someone, why, Lord, why do you keep highlighting this person? I keep running into them at Starbucks. Uh, this is the third time now. What are you doing? And God, just show me what, what should I do? What should be my right response? My hope and my prayer is that all of us will experience more joy when we see the word or hear the word evangelism, that we will experience more excitement, that it will not be dread, that it will not be fear. And I, and I believe it can begin with some little steps, some simple steps. And I want to invite everybody here today. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want to invite every one of you to begin praying for three people, three people that are part of your world that maybe don't know Christ right now. And I want you to let the Holy Spirit bring those people to mind, whether it's right now, maybe as we go into ministry time, you just want to sit there and, and, and just take down those names and let the Holy Spirit speak to you about three different individuals that don't know Christ and that God's leading you to begin praying for. And we can pray knowing this is the will of God for these three people, okay? I want to I encourage you in that. Because, I, guys, I, I know you. You're wonderful people. You're loving. You're caring people. You're not apathetic. You're not in any way uncaring. And I know you also don't want to be disobedient to God, but I believe that a lot of us are just fearful of failure, We've tried things, and it didn't work. It's like, God, I don't like looking bad. I don't like, you know, not being successful. I want to remind you, in the kingdom of God, success is based on one thing and one thing alone, and that's obedience to God. Because I can't save anybody. I can't heal anybody, and neither can you. But we are simply going forth to be his hand and his feet. Just be obedient. Let's stand together. As I was praying this morning, I felt like God gave me this word I want to share with you this morning. Stop looking at yourself and seeing only your so-called limitations. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Start looking and thinking about how God will use your particular quality or quirk to share his life and his love with others. There are some of you who have discounted your ability to be effective in evangelism because you say, I'm an introvert. God wants to bless your ability to listen. He has given you an ability to listen. And I believe that God is going to use that. And if that is something, uh, how many of you, that's something that, that resonates with you that, uh, in terms of listening? Can you just raise your hands right where you are? I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over that. That was just something that really hit me strong. We all, so many times we equate evangelism with sharing, speaking, and it is a message, but there is, the people 
are looking for relationship. They're looking for a place to be able to share their hearts, a safe place. And God wants to use you in that. And don't discount that, listeners, introverts who are particularly tuned at listening and develop skills in listening and, and, and are intentional about that. I want to pray prayers of blessing over that. Um, I also want to pray prayers of blessing over people who feel like you're, you feel like you're a bull in the china shop. And that God can't use you. And I just want to say, God has, he's created you fearfully and wonderfully. And the sense I got and the picture that I got is for some of you, you're going to be that bull that comes and just pulls someone out of the road. It's about to get hit by a truck, spiritually speaking. (laughs) Or maybe literally, that would be good too. That's a good thing. So it's about God. You know how you made me. You know how I'm wired. I give this to you. You refine it. You empower it. You make it yours. So for those of you who are listeners, for those who feel like maybe you're the bulls in the china shop, I just want to pray for you right now, okay? Can I do that? Just if you want to close your eyes and hold out your hands like you're going to receive a gift, I just want to bless that in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Come and do your good work, Lord. We just make ourselves available to you today and every day, God. God, I I love this this group of people. I thank you for the privilege of of being their pastor, and I I thank you for them, Lord. And We come together and we ask in Jesus' name that you would come and empower us to be an army of love, an army that loves this community well, an army that speaks life, an army that speaks encouragement. Lord, bring your kingdom. Bring your kingdom to this group, Lord God. We give ourselves to be used by you. Lord, for those who have just a a sense of, of, of your blessing, their ability to listen and listen well, I just pray blessing over them right now in Jesus' name. Uh, I, I thank you. I thank you for this gift that you've entrusted to them, and I pray for discernment. I pray for keen insight. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just meet them in the listening opportunities that you are giving them. And I I pray for more and more opportunities. I pray, Lord God, that you'd give them the right questions to ask, the interactions to ask, Lord, and to have. I thank you for that. And Lord, for those who feel like they're bulls in china shops, and then they just mess things up and they get in the way that they just sort of run over people. I pray, God, that you would just give them the ability to see themselves as you see them. And the wonderful things that you want to do with them and through them in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, that you'd come against the lies of the enemy. For all of us that that we can't get this right, that this is too hard, that our world is not open to this. Holy Spirit, we give ourselves to you, and we ask that you would come and empower us, fill us to be witnesses, to share our God stories, to see, uh, Holy Spirit, the things that you are already doing around us every day, and help us to engage with you. We love you. 
and we thank you, and we go forth from this place today to love you, Jesus, and do your ministry everywhere. And we do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.